ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on with these short reminders after tarawih which revolve around some of the stories of the prophets yesterday we mentioned some brief aspects from the story of adam alayhi salam and his creation and how he was taught the names of everything and regarding how the angels were commanded to prostrate to him and they did iblis however refused out of his arrogance and haughtiness and he was indeed from the disbelievers and then after that they were told to live in paradise upon the difference between the scholars regarding which paradise that is and they were told not to approach a particular tree however the shaitan whispered to them and caused them to fall into that affair and so they were removed from that paradise and placed upon the earth and they were told that this earth will be a place of residence and settlement for you and that you will be enemies one to another the shayateen to mankind and that the luxuries that you have of this world you will have them for that temporary time so that was something in relation to the beginnings from adam alayhi salam carrying on from that we know that the first generations of people that came from adam alayhi salam the next generation after him the next generation after him the next generation after them those early generations they were all upon tawhid they were all upon the basis the default the origin which is the tawhid of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all of those early generations all the way up until around about the time of nuh alayhi salam it's mentioned in the narration of ibn abbas radiyallahu anhuma kana bayna adam wa nuh alayhi salam 10 qurun kulluhum ala at-tawhid that between Adam alayhi salam to Nuh alayhi salam, there were ten generations. Ten generations, Asharatu Qurun, typically, typically in the Arabic language, a Qarn would indicate a hundred years. So it could be assumed upon that default that the meaning of the ten generations between Adam and Nuh alayhim as-salam 
is approximately a thousand years between Adam and Nuh coming. There was approximately a thousand years, ten generations. All of those generations, as in the narration of Ibn Abbas, were upon the default of Tawheed, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created mankind upon the default of worshipping Allah alone, the default of being upon Tawheed, just like in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu All of you are born upon the natural disposition, the natural default state of Tawheed. Then it is his parents that will cause that child to become either Christian or Jew or a Majan. Initially though, every child is born upon that natural Tawheed. So for ten generations, it continued upon that way. Until when it came close to the time of Nuh alayhi salam, there used to be amongst them some righteous individuals. When those righteous and pious individuals passed away, the people were greatly saddened. They were in a state of great sorrow, a state of loss and grief over the deaths of these pious people that used to be amongst them. So shaitan, after ten generations of not being able to have an impact upon mankind, saw an opportunity now. He saw how the people are in a state of emotional stress, in a state of grief and sadness at the loss of these pious people amongst them. And he saw that as an opening. So he came to the people and he started to whisper to them. And this is approximately around about the time of Nuh alayhi salam, or just prior to him. He began whispering to the people that those righteous ones who passed away, They were people you looked up to, people who you took as role models, people that when you saw them, it increased you and strengthened you in your iman. Now those people have passed away. But what you can do is go and visit their graves. Go and visit their graves. And so when you visit their graves, you will remember them. And as a consequence of remembering them, it will bring back that iman and strengthening it for you. So the people, they considered this to be a good idea. And so they began going to the graves of those righteous people who had passed away. No shirk was committed yet. Shaitan was not able to simply come to them and tell them, go and commit shirk. After ten generations of Tawheed, the people were not just suddenly going to change over 
instantly overnight onto shirk. So at this stage, no shirk occurred. They went to the graves and they pondered over those righteous. Then the shaitan said to them in his next step, rather than just going to the graves and returning, you should go there and sit and ponder and reflect. Stay there for lengthy periods of time. So you can ponder and reflect carefully and properly over the lives of those righteous people so that it impacts upon you and betters you. Again, the people, they considered this to be a good idea. So they began going to the graves of those righteous people who had died and spending lengthy periods of time there, sitting there, reflecting, pondering. Still no shirk was committed yet. No shirk as such. But as the scholars, they say, from the greatest of the roots that lead into shirk occurring is the issue of the graves and the deceased. So the shaitan took that opportunity. Then after a while, he came with his next step. Said to the people, it is a burden and a difficulty upon you to have to keep going out to the graveyards to see the graves of those righteous, to remember them and increase yourself and strengthen yourself. That is a difficulty to keep going out there. It would be easier for you if you made some statues or pictures or figurines representing those pious people and then put those resemblances in your homes, in your communal gathering places, in your villages. So whenever you see those depictions of those righteous people, you will remember them without having to go to their graves. And so the remembrance of them will impact upon you. You'll remember how pious they used to be, the love you have for them. It will strengthen you in your iman. So put the pictures of them in and amongst your homes and everywhere. Again the people they thought, this is a good idea to make some resemblances, some pictures, some depictions of those righteous people and put them around their places so that every time they see them, they remember those pious people and become better in themselves and strengthen their iman. So then they started to make those figurines, those statues, those depictions. And they placed them around. However, still, technically speaking, no shirk had occurred. Picture making and the likes is of course another major route into shirk. Shaitan had convinced them to do that now. But he had not convinced them to start prostrating and making dua to them. So shirk of that nature still hadn't happened yet. Then, as in the narration of Ibn Abbas, it mentions, حَتَّى نُسِيَ الْعِلْمَ Until when time passed by and knowledge was forgotten, the time went by and that generation went and the next generation came. So now the shaitan came with his next step. 
came to this new generation of people and whispered to them, Do you know what these pictures and statues are? Do you know why your forefathers had made these and placed them everywhere? In the narration of Ibn Abbas it mentions, Hatta nusya al-ilm, knowledge had been forgotten. These people no longer knew what these statues are, who they represent, why their forefathers had built them. Knowledge had been lost of those affairs. So then the shaitan whispered to them, Your forefathers, they had made all of these statues and depictions and pictures of those righteous Because your forefathers used to call upon them when there was no rain. Your forefathers used to make dua to them when they had other issues. Your forefathers would seek intercession with them. That's why your forefathers had put these everywhere. Knowledge had been lost and these people did not know. So those whisperings fell into them and they accepted them and they began calling upon those statues and figurines, calling upon those pictures and resemblances and depictions, asking them for the rainfall when it did not rain, asking them for the intercession and the intermediaries. They began to commit the first shirk that appeared upon this earth. When that shirk then appeared, ten generations after, Adam alayhi salam, that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent the messenger, Nuh alayhi salam. Once that shirk had now begun, Allah sent Nuh alayhi salam to bring back the people out of that shirk they had now fallen into to bring them back onto the tawheed that their forefathers were upon in reality. Ten generations before them were upon the tawheed in reality. So Nuh alayhi salam was sent once that shirk appeared to bring them back to Tawheed and to warn them against that shirk. So it is mentioned, he, just like all of the other prophets and messengers would say to them, as the ayat of the Qur'an mentioned, يَا قَوْمِ عَبُدُ اللَّهِ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَهٍ غَيْرُهُ O people, worship Allah. You do not have any other deity besides Allah to worship. Worship Allah alone. Similarly, Allah told us in the Quran that every messenger was sent with that message. Nuh alayhi salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ that we sent to every nation a messenger preaching, worship Allah alone and abandon the false deities. So Nuh alayhi salam began calling them, calling them back to the truth. 
calling them back to the Tawheed that all of the generations prior to them had been upon before the shaitan had implemented his several stage plan until he had made that generation commit shirk. So Nuh salam began calling them. And in some of the ayat it mentions how he says to them, Ya qawmi inni lakum nadhirun mubeen. O people indeed, I am a clear bringer of warning, giving you the warning against these affairs. I have come with that clear guidance. To worship Allah alone, worship Him alone, fulfill the obligations to Him, and abstain from the haram and the shirk, and obey Him. And the ayat, they continue, where He mentions to them the promise of Allah for them. However, the people did not accept the message from Nuh, alayhi salam. They did not accept his call to Tawheed. And in the ayat of the Quran, it mentions how they belittled him, and they mocked him, and they refused to accept his message. In some of the ayat, it mentions, they said to him, Inna lanaraka fi dalalim mubeen. We see you, to be in plain misguidance. We see you to be in clear misguidance, refusing to accept what he was telling them. They also mocked him and they said, they said to him, to Nuh alayhi salam, we do not see anybody following you except the low down people. The people of poverty and the lowly people, they are the only ones with you. Nobody of status or nobility, nobody of us is with you. Only these paupers and these useless people are with you. That is what they began to say to him. And they said, we do not see that you have any virtue over us. Rather, we consider you to be liars. So the people of Nuh alayhi salam did not accept his message. And the da'wah continued and he continued, but they did not accept until eventually then Nuh alayhi salam made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered his dua. And that nation who refused to accept were going to be destroyed. So Allah commanded Nuh alayhi salam to start building a ship. To start building an ark. And it is mentioned when Nuh alayhi salam was building the ark. And at the time, there was no water, there was no floods, there was no sea there. Building the ark on dry land, it's mentioned how the mushrikun, they would walk past Nuh alayhi salam, and they would mock him. What is this ship? 
What are you going to do with this ship? Where is the water? They would mock him as he was building the ark. As Sheikh Abdurrahman Sa'di rahimahullah mentions, Nuh alayhi salam would reply to them, that you mock us now, but in reality the mockery will be upon you in the end. You mock us now, but in reality the mockery will be upon you in the end. So he continued to build this ark, this ship. And the scholars they mention as a benefit, that the art or the skill or this idea of building things that float upon the sea to travel on, ships, boats, the first one to build one was Nuh salam. This creation of ships and boats, mankind realizing to build these things to float on the water, it came initially from this ark. Nuh salam was the first to build a ship that floats and travels on water. So he built all of that. And then as the story continues, once it was built, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the rain and the waters to come. And when the water came, it didn't just come from the rain. Rain was one source of the water. The clouds, they came and they rained and they rained. But that was only one source of water. The springs that come out of the ground, they all burst forth also. So the water was coming from the sky, and it was coming from the earth, meeting from the floor, from the top. From the skies, from the ground, all of that water accumulating. Until it accumulated and accumulated, and Nuh salam boarded the ark, with the animals, with those believers who were with him. And then it's mentioned at that moment, as they were upon the ark, and now the flood waters were coming, that Nuh alayhi salam caught a glimpse of his son. His son who was not a believer. So when Nuh alayhi salam saw his son, he says to him, Nuh alayhi salam is on the ark, Waters and floods are coming everywhere now, waves everywhere. And his son is in the water. His son is there, not on the boat, a disbeliever. So Nuh salam says to him, Ya ma'ana, wala kafirin. Oh my son, board with us and do not be from the disbelievers. Board with us on board the ark. And do not be from the disbelievers. However, Allah mentions in the Quran that the son refuses to accept even then the message of Tawheed. And he replies by saying, That I will climb upon a big mountain. It will save me from the flood waters. But on that day when the command of Allah had come, then there was no salvation except the salvation of Allah. So Nuh salam mentions to him, لَا عَاصِمَ الْيَوْمَ مِنْ أَمْرِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا مَنْ رحم. There is no salvation from the command of Allah today, except for the one whom Allah has His mercy upon. So no mountain was going to save him. 
Even the highest of the mountains were drowned in the floods. At that moment it mentions that a wave came and the son of Nuh was drowned in the waters. These were events that occurred. وَحَالَ بَيْنَهُمَا الْمَوْجِ A huge wave came between them, between Nuh and his son who was a disbeliever. These are events that no doubt took place. Events that occurred, events that are mentioned to us in the Qur'an. That is a brief overview and a brief look at some of the events that led to the beginning of shirk occurring. From Adam alayhi salam upon Tawheed, ten generations until the time of Nuh alayhi salam. Then the shaitan took the step stage by stage to create that shirk amongst mankind until he was successful. The scholars they say, once shirk takes hold, the impact of it is severe and long-lasting. Hence Ibrahim alayhi salam was making dua to Allah, protect me from that, as we will come to see inshaAllah in another gathering. Also, these idols that were made, those idols and figures that they made at the time of the generation of Nuh alayhi salam, when the floods came, those idols, those figurines, they were washed away in the flood waters. Washed away in the flood waters. And they were eventually settled into the sand when the waters receded. When the waters finally went, those idols were buried under the sand. In the location of what is currently in modern day Jeddah. The beaches of Jeddah. They were buried there. Centuries later, at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or just prior, Amr ibn Luhay al-Khuza'i, this individual, the shaitan, whispered to him. And he was one afflicted by the whisperings and one taken by the idols. The shaitan whispered to him, go to the beaches of what is now known as Jiddah. So he went and the shaitan told him to dig and he dug. And he found those idols that they used to worship at the time of the generation of Nuh alayhi salam. He took them out and he went and placed them where? The Kaaba. So shirk when it began at the beginning, the time of Nuh alayhi salam, those idols, they ended up at the time of the final messenger being destroyed by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the conquering of Mecca. Shaykh al-Fawzani mentioned, he said, look at when the shirk of those idols began, at the time of the first messenger, and look when it was finally destroyed, at the time of the final messenger. Such is the impact of shirk when it grasps hold of a people. And that is why Ibrahim salam made dua, asking Allah to protect him and his progeny from ever falling into shirk. That is where we'll conclude tonight on that brief reminder. And we'll carry on inshallah ta'ala tomorrow night with some more events and stories related to the Prophet's 
وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين